Today, this episode is brought to you by Stamps.com. Since 1998, Stamps.com has been an indispensable tool for nearly one million businesses. Stamps.com brings the services of the U.S. Postal Service and UPS shipping right to your computer. Whether you're an office sending invoices, a side hustle Etsy shop, or a full-blown warehouse shipping out orders, Stamps.com will make your life easier. All you need is a computer and a standard printer. No special supplies or equipment. And within minutes, you're up and running. Printing official postage for any letter, any package, anywhere you want to send it. And you'll get exclusive discounts on postage and shipping from USPS and UPS. Once your mail is ready, just schedule a pickup or drop it off. No traffic, no lines. Cut the confusion out of shipping. With Stamps.com's new rate advisor tool, you can compare shipping rates and timelines to easily find the best option. Save time and money with Stamps.com. There's absolutely no risk. And with my promo code, POD, that's P-O-D, you get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the page, and type in POD. That's P-O-D. That's stamps.com, promo code P-O-D. Stamps.com. Never go to the post office again. Ladies and gentlemen, especially if you have a small business, it is really, you know how hard it is to get things going. It's usually a one-man show. And I've had only positive experiences with stamps.com. Try it. You'll like it. Well, I'm here today with Phil Barth, and Phil and I have been speaking for a while before I pressed record and laughing and talking about life in general. And what I learned about him even before talking to him today was that he is a stickler for one, laugh, laughter and laughing at his mistakes. Two, he seems to be, and I don't know if this is a good thing, He's a stress, well, he's an expert on stress. <laughs> so to get there, you know that he must have been, he had to experience it, right? He'll tell us about that. Um, and of course, he has different um, expertise in different areas. And um, of the topics that I asked him he would like to talk about, there are a few that are way out in left field, but I would like to try to touch on those. So... What I'd like to do is um, first start with uh, saying that he was, he became a stress expert because his doctor one day told him that he had to get a grip on stress. 
and he had to learn about it. And so he did that and he wrote a book and I believe he's still writing. There's another book and I think there's going to be another yes. book. Because, <laughs> okay, Phil, come on in and tell us about those books right away. <laughs> there's no limit to stress to manage. So there's probably no limit to the number of books I could write, right? <laughs> All right. No, first, no, wait, maybe uh, we could work backwards from the books okay. and then, right. so, so you, you have one out, one is two out or. Yes. Yes. But one's about baseball and Cleveland sports and growing up. <laughs> okay. That's okay. That's, that's for a different, that's for a different podcast. probably. Okay. Okay. So then, one is on stress, right? One is on stress. Yes. And what's the title of that book? It is called Great Things Happen Every Day. Great Things Happen Every Day. Okay. Yes. But then there's also another stress book? I'm working on one. Oh, when? What's and, that? Do you have a draft the title? Working, the working title, the draft title is What I've Learned About Stress. And oh, I've okay. also I also considered the nine S's of successful stress management. And what, what do you mean S's? So, like... Nine things that start with S. Wait, wait, are, are we going too fast? Should we be no. doing this at the end or can we do this now? <laughs> we can do this now. Absolutely. All right, go shoot. So, so there's nine S's like S for seek the good things in your life. Uh-huh. Right. And then uh, another one would be subtract the bad things okay. in your life. And, that might and be how a little... to do it. A little more difficult to do, perhaps. We'll talk about that. Go ahead. We'll talk about that. <laughs> another one is step out of your comfort zone. Ah, and yeah. A little counterintuitive, but and we can talk more about it. But but yeah, for sure. me, that can also mean to stop planning, replanning, planning a third time, and not doing something. You know, there's oh, okay. there's okay. a reason why people like the slogan, just do it. Eventually you have to step out of the comfort zone of I've got a plan and actually do things. And, and, and there's a fine line there, <clears throat> excuse me, Yeah. where it, you can lower your stress by planning, but if all you do is plan, it goes right back up. So you mm -hmm. need to actually execute the plan. Well, look, wait, 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 wait. Uh, you know, there's an expression in Italian. I have to break an <clears throat> olive branch in a relation to Phil because before we came on, he was telling me about his life. You know, you just chat and, and he was telling me he had three children and I thought, oh my God, an adventurer. Now, when someone <laughs> has children and the audience that's listening can, can confirm, when you have children, you have a forward-looking mindset. It's none of this mindfulness crap that you have to, you know, living in the moment, you're thinking of their, you know, their future, their education, all of that. And so that that is the way of life of a parent generally, right? Um, you don't get away from that. And no. probably not even after you become grandparents, a little, but it does, you know, your stress is alleviated. And I tell you the day, I have two boys, the day that I met the girlfriends of my two son was at a wedding out of the blue. And I thought, I'm going to go to church and light some candles. Thank God these girls are in their lives. <laughs> I started to feel free all of a sudden. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, well, yeah. well. And, and, and you're right. It, having children puts you in that planning mindset. How yeah. am I going to be able to pay for of their course. college? How am I of going course. to? What kind of life insurance do I need? And, and, right. But 
if all I do is plan because I am a just right. yes. serial planner, then yeah. I wind up stressing myself because I'm oh, not I like actually thinking Serial planner. You know, Phil, that sounds like a good book title, The Serial Planner. <laughs> I like it. Write it down. <laughs> if, I, if, I ever, if I ever write that book, I will give you credit for the title. Okay, good. <laughs> Serial planner. It's a great title. Yeah. So, so now let's see. So you're, you're in a, um, you're in a situation, let's say uh, today where you've come to grips. I mean, it's a, it's, it's always a developing um, thing. It doesn't it. I mean, we always learn about how to manage ourselves and who we are. And finally, probably I'm hoping that when I die, I learn who I am, but you know, you you get to be wise in some way, right? Through all of the hurt and the, all of the pain. Now, mm-hmm. what I have learned is that in a uh, situation when there are, especially three children, are more than two and more than one, and so so I think, oh my God, that there must be, you know, there's the expression "chercher la femme." There must be a woman around who's taken yes. on part of the stress, right? And and so, but that doesn't seem to alleviate any of the individual stress that we feel, does it, or doesn't it? It it does. Yeah. If, you know, if, and, and my wife and I are, we're on the same page with children and, and what we we're going to do for them. So that helped a lot. Uh-huh. I think I needed to force myself to stop looking at what was wrong. You know, right. you can, you can look. And, and you had a guest. Yeah. You know, I've heard her. I don't know if it was on your podcast, uh, Tamara Zoner. Yeah, Tamara. Said, Tamara. Tamara. She, I, I think no, her Mara, name is Tamara. Tamara Zoner. Tamara Zoner. Yeah. A lovely, and, and, lovely person. Yeah. And I wrote this down when I heard it. She said, your thoughts and behavior determine your happiness. Of course. Yes. And, and, and that, you know, that, that summarized the whole book. So I'm glad I didn't, yeah. you know, it would have been a very short book if I had just used that quote. <laughs> it would have been a short episode. <laughs> short episode oh, wait, short well, go, go listen to Tamara Zoner. <laughs> I did. I did. And, and I, did I enjoyed it. Did you hear her? But did you hear her belt out? What a difference a day makes. Did you get to that point? I, oh I my God. Got Go back towards the end. Um, maybe 10 minutes before the end. I said, well, you know, I asked her, I often ask my guests, do you have some secret in a closet hiding away something that you'd like to develop in the future? She says, well, you know, I, I'm also a singer. I said, oh, come on. Tell oh, us. Wow. Can I and she started singing a Beautiful voice, a fantastic. She's a lovely person. She's oh, I got to yeah, finish yeah. that up. You got to finish. Oh, I got the key point here, but I, I got to listen to this thing. It's fantastic. Yeah, and she was so funny because she said that she also goes to um, I don't know how to say that probably in English, elderly person's home. A mm-hmm. um, well, she would go and sing for the the elderly. And I said, you know, Tamara, I can see these guys saying. Take it off, Tamara. <laughs> and she said, "Well, you know, oh, they deserve their 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 fun. You know, <laughs> so funny, so fuzzy, so so oh. funny." All right, so let's go back because I said I was going backwards, right? So we have mm-hmm. these books, and those are the products of something that that you did, right? So let's right. go to the moment of that. Um, surprise you you described it to me as a surprise occurrence this um the onslaught of symptoms that might 
be similar to what your friend had told you a heart attack is like. Right. From there. Yeah. Now, what was, was it a hop, skip, skip and a jump to something? What occurred in the time when you were recovering to when you made it? I'm, I'm going to say it like this, black on white um, directions for yourself what am I going to do with this? What is stress? How did you do it? Did you have to go to the library? Did you have to go to internet? Did you, you know, what did you do with stress to, to, you know, uh, in some way make it studyable or research it? What did you do with it? Okay. So long story short, I lived it, but um, mm -hmm. what, what I did was uh, the heart attack happened in August. Right. And so I was August off work for of a period year? of time. Which year? 2015. Okay. And and we were talking before we started about Las Vegas, and we were right. supposed to go to Las Vegas the next week, and that oh. trip got. <laughs> did yeah. you ever get? Did you ever get to Las Vegas then? I had been there once before. Ah, okay. So, oh, but you never went back. Okay, you will. No, not yet. But it took roughly the the, the rest of that year to mm -hmm. kind of physically recover. Ah, okay. and, and go through the yeah. therapy and, and get back right. to the point where I could you know, run a little and things like uh -huh. that. And the doctor made me promise. He said, look, it's just not worth it. You have to promise me that one week out of every three months, you're going to unplug from all the stress, all the work and everything. One week out of every wow. three months. That sounds, I mean, to my mind, it sounds very little. Well, you know, it sounds like a one-off and not a daily practice, you know? Okay. Well, but here's what happened. <laughs> my wife said, my wife made me do it. Yeah. And she said, it, it was March of 2016. Yeah. She said, you're, we're going to take this week off because it's, mm -hmm. you've been back to work for three months and you promised. Right. And so we took, we took the week off and we, the first day we took our son to the zoo uh -huh. and we had a picnic and just well, son really number nice one, time. number two, number three, which one? Number, number three. three. Okay. Number three. The youngest. Yeah. I think the youngest. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I, it was his spring break was the week uh -huh. we took off. Uh -huh. and, and so we went to the zoo and at the end of the day, I got on Facebook and I just listed, Hey, here are all the great things that happened to me today. Uh -huh. And we went to the zoo and we saw a baby cheetah and we had a picnic in the car and so on. And afterwards, I thought, well, that was fun. I, I'm going to do that again tomorrow. Oh, good and so the next day, the, the next day we went to the art museum and same deal. You know, I, I got on and I said, you know, we went to the art museum. We had a nice lunch. I, I saw some amazing, brilliant works of art mm -hmm. that just blew my mind. And, and I saw some works of art that looked like my kindergarten finger painting yeah. it, <laughs> and just had, had a wonderful time. And, and so every day I started doing it. And saying mm -hmm. these were the great things that happened today, and I learned a couple things. Number one, it made me feel good to to look at what had gone yeah. right in the day. Right. And right. the second thing I learned was they weren't big things. You know, oh, of course not. I, yeah. I was probably waiting mm -hmm. for this just humongous great thing yeah. to yeah, yeah, lay yeah. itself yeah. down for life would be good, and it wasn't. It was right. a series right. of little right. things. Right. It was. It was a picnic. It was banana milkshakes. Right. And, and that's. Yeah. The subtitle of the book is Finding Happiness with Friends, Family, and Banana Milkshakes. And, <laughs> okay. and, and my wife was the one that told me, you know, have you ever had a banana milkshake? What's that? Well, it's just simple ice cream, milk, and 
a banana or a frozen banana. You blend it up and they're amazing. And it Mm -hmm. takes five minutes to make them. And it's Mm -hmm. just a little thing that when you do it, you feel good. And the next day when you start thinking about it, you feel good. You know, and I've been doing the list for six years now. Good for you. Good for you. While you were talking, you made me think of something. Um, have you, um, how can I put this? Uh, it, it, it's not a change of mindset. That's not what I'm after. But, you know, you seem, what you did was look at things differently. You know, they look, you looked at them as if you were looking at them for the first time, right? Like maybe you could say, right. perhaps right. like through the eyes of a child, right? Um, right. Were there moments that, you in some way um, felt that you, what I want to know, and you don't have to tell us, but I'd like to know, during this time, did you ever think of completely changing the type of work that you did? That's a good question. Yeah. Uh, Yes. And and yes, I did. Yeah. Can you share with us what you were doing at the time? (laughs) I'm still working in, in IT. Mm-hmm. But the the things I were working on was were working on at the time were not fun. So I, uh-huh. I think we talked before we started that right, for right. a while I was, I was supporting this global sales group and it was just wonderful people and so much yeah. fun. And the role changed and I wasn't yeah. having fun. And mm-hmm. so I started to think maybe, maybe. um you know, it, this isn't fun. This the, the things I'm doing at work aren't making my daily great things list. Right. I see. But it wasn't too long after that and we changed and the role changed and I got some uh-huh. really new fun stuff to do. You know why and- I ask? Because I, I come across a lot of people. I work with a lot of people. I, I coach a lot of people. And most of the people that I work with, um, of the people, let's say, that I work with, the women are more um, ready to completely overturn the nature of their work. And I don't know why that is. I don't know why that is. You know, I, I you know, for example, um, let's say someone goes in for an economic degree, finance, you know, three year, four year. I don't remember in the United States what it's like. They get their CNC or whatever they get with the letters that they earn. Mm-hmm. And they start working as a financial consultant or a financial planner or something like that with finance. A woman, all right, she gets fed up with it. And decides to completely, and I've seen this over and over and over again, she decides to completely change country, uh, work, go into some spiritual uh, stuff. And, 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 and whereas men are almost 90% used to staying in the same position, I don't know if it's because of the nature of their, you know, their character, their their sense of uh, responsibility in relation to the family or what it is. But I see this huge difference between men and women. And so my next question to you is, um, does your wife have some form of uh, activity or or work that she does? She works with our historical society. uh, Uh, When you say your, your, ah, in town. town. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And she is does a lot for the Boy Scouts uh-huh. and Cub Scouts uh-huh. locally, and uh, also does some stuff. So with she's, the church. she works with social 
work and with social activities. She's involved. And so that is much more, let's say it's much more satisfying perhaps um, at times. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so the answer was that you have thought about it, but you haven't changed. Right. Um, I have not made the like complete change. Yeah. Yeah. But what I have done since then is I've done more speaking. I wrote the book. Yes, yes, and, yes. And have on a couple of occasions been able to share my story at l- local churches. Right. And tell right. them, you know, this, yeah. this is um, a story. Or at other groups. Yeah, yeah. And, it's interesting. And it's like a, a, what do you want to call it? A, a, a moonlighting, moonlighting job. Where where it's like your second job. Your, your second, yeah, yeah your second job. Yeah. Um, just to a little uh, parenthesis, a little digression. I had a friend years ago who, uh, in the Tuscan area of Prato, which was a textile production, textile industry, uh, he and his family originally had um, uh, an important textile uh, business, and then it just there was a, a slump, and he ended up going to Texas doing similar work. And he wrote to me after a year or so. And he said, you know, Claudia, I I don't know how to make friends here because you mentioned the church. And he said, I just don't know what to do. They're all people I work with. He said, I think I'm going to go to the church. Everybody keeps telling me to go to the church. And it humored me because I thought, well, yes, because the church is a way of socializing the role of churches usually are bringing people together, which is, right. is not so here. When you have the Vatican, there are all different ways to socialize, you know? So it's interesting right. that you said that. Interesting you said that. Now, what I want, if you don't mind, um, the book process, because a lot of people, um, when they get the urge to, uh, in, in one of the recent episodes in this podcast, uh, well, no, to come, it hasn't been released yet, uh, there was a speaker who talks about the nudge to write, you know, all of a sudden she had the urge, you know, and she just wrote, you know, uh, and the way we talk about the way she did that in your case, how did that, how did you birth that book? How did that come out? Well, or the first one, let's of, talk about the first, a one. lot of, a lot of encouraging encouragement for my wife. Mm-hmm. Um, I had actually written before the heart attack. I'm no, that's not true. It was most of it was written before the heart attack, and the rest was right after the heart attack. A book about mm-hmm. sports. Okay. And and my wife said, probably 2018. She said, you know, you've been doing this gratitude practice, great things. Why don't you write a book about that? Mm-hmm. And then she laughed. And she goes, because I'm not going to read the sports one, but I definitely read the one about the gratitude. <laughs> yeah. Nobody wants your sports book. Come on, get over it. <laughs> The sports book sold well in the city of Cleveland, Ohio. That was it. I can imagine. I can imagine. It's probably still silly selling well in the city of Cleveland. That's about it. Yeah. So, so now what I'm interested in is knowing the process. What did you do? Did you take notes, pen and paper, pencil, notepad? Did you record it? How did that work? I, it was mostly done the first draft in Word, Microsoft uh-huh. Word. Microsoft Word, yeah. And and the way I did it was I spent days going through all of my posts on Facebook uh-huh. and copy pasting ah, them I into see, Word. Uh huh. And then and then 
kind of thinning the list to ones that met in different themes. So there was a chapter on the great things of, for family and, uh -huh, and family uh -huh. vacations. And okay. then okay, okay, there was... Okay. Hang on, hang on. So oh, now, did you start with a title or did you start with, you know, like a word map? You start with a word and you branch out. What did, how did you um, uh, do the structure of the book? How did you imagine, you know, the book in terms the, of the, separating? So uh, I think I had the title for that one fairly okay. early on. Uh -huh. And the, the title was Great Things Happen Every Day. Mm -hmm. And and if we're being honest, it's probably almost every day. But that's that didn't that sounded like a that like a really almost. lousy book title. So almost you're right. And, Spoiler and alert. So, yeah, exactly. It's not some days are gonna suck. I don't know what to tell you. We know that. <laughs> but, but I I knew that I was going to group the things and tell the stories about what made this this particular uh -huh. set of things great in, okay. in each chapter. Uh -huh. And then before I did the grouping, I wrote the introduction and said, Hey, oh, all right. this is all who right. I am. Uh -huh. this, is, uh -huh. this is why I'm, why yeah. I'm doing this. This is what I hope you gain out of this book. Mm -hmm. And then in the conclusion, I kind of brought it all together. You know, this is what uh -huh. we've been telling you. So, and... so let's go back just a second. Okay. Um, sure. You know, I'm making you go forward and back. Please forgive me. <laughs> I love it. All right. So, so uh, let's say that um, you had an idea of what you wanted to write. That, without a doubt, I get that from you. Mm -hmm. um, did you know before you started? Because you said you you had a draft title. All right. And I work. That's the way I work as well. I've got to have a title, or else I can't. You know, I can't make it expand. So, um, did you know how long it would be? Did you get that at the beginning? Did you know how long? I did not. Mm -hmm. I, I I thought I've got a lot of material here, uh -huh. and I'm going to divide it up. and And I think I even did a post-it exercise where I had right. the items and yeah. what, what they fit I know, under. I know. <laughs> Love post all over the house. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and then you know there were some dead ends on some of the chapters. It's like you know what? How and what did that what look like? Come on, tell us. Well, well, you start going through the chapter and you're you're writing stuff down, and then I'm thinking. When I read this, would I get anything out of it? Would would I be able to say, oh, I see how that could be a great thing in someone's right, life and right. I can see how mm -hmm. that lowers stress? And a couple of times the answer was no. Right. So you just had I just had to So what did you delete do? It. No. I deleted that. No, 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 no. You deleted oh, I, the whole I, thing. Oh my God. No, 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 no. That's when stress of, oh, comes in. <laughs> no, no, I never deleted the whole book, but ah. there were a couple chapters where I said, that doesn't fit. So I yeah. have to drop it. Oh, but didn't you put it somewhere hidden? Oh, just it's still in it? words. Oh, yeah, okay, 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 yeah. okay. Oh, I refuse okay. to give up anything like that. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. So um, let's say you've got little pieces here and there, and then all of a sudden you make them come together. Facebook yep. was an ally because you had put thoughts in there somewhere. I, what about your dreams? Do you, are you a person who dreams at night and then when you wake up, you write the dream in a notebook or something? Does that ever occur? Not as often as I should. Oh. I've done it a couple of times. I, I had a, a, one of our mentors at work said, uh -huh. every morning when I wake up, if I had a dream, I write it down. Yeah. And I thought, you know, that's a really good idea. But yeah. every morning when I wake up, the dogs want to be fed and played yeah. with. <laughs> 
and three children have to eat too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so they don't always get written down. I think there is a lot of power in doing that. Yeah. Listen, when you say, um, when you say, I would like to do that. I think about that. And, you know, perhaps I should do that. There's a lot of, you know, doing that. You mentioned a mentor at work. And what did that mentor come and do at where you work? It was just, it was one of, uh, it's the head of our IT group. And mm -hmm. we presented to him and, and he said, you know, what questions do you have? And I was like, oh, I'm going to pick your brain. And, yeah. and so I said, well, tell me what books you've been reading. And he and what said kind that of, to you. I, I said, I said, no, he said, what questions do you have? I said, well, what oh. books are you reading? Good. Right? And what you did know? he say? And he sent, he emailed me a list of oh. all the books he's read over the past five years. And, uh -huh. and, and it was a mind boggling number of different varieties. He likes ah. fiction. He mm -hmm. likes business. Yeah, that's he likes you know, yeah. history. So it was, it was, that was very interesting. And then the next question I had was, how do you start your day? Because I mm -hmm. believe there's power in how you start your day and mm -hmm. getting it off on the right foot. Mm -hmm. And that's when he said, I get up early. And if I've had a dream, I immediately write it down. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so. it is really fascinating. You know, um, one thing I love about writing is that you come in with a plan, you have it set. I'm a, I'm a manager of, of, you know, I'm an organizer. One of my strengths is organizing written material. I, you know, follow PhDs. I consult and, you know, that's, that's my work. Mm -hmm. I'm, an, I'm a professor. Um, what I love is when I put the pen down and I think I'm doing something and then the pen goes and takes its own, it has its own mind and the result is quite different. And then I have to go back and change things. Has that ever happened to you? I think it did on the book where I was, where I, I do use a pen and frequently what I do in my writing process is I'll type it in word and, yeah. and, and this is where that happened, right? All yeah. of a sudden I start typing stuff and, and, and saying stuff. It's like, oh, wow. Um, I will, I will do a couple things from there. Number one, I will print it and uh -huh. then get out my trusty four color pen and make yeah. edits and changes <laughs> yeah, and, and, and draw it up and then retype it. And, and I go back and forth between the screen and the printed mm -hmm, document mm -hmm. to, to, it just, yeah. it gives me a different perspective sense to it. it you know, it, it's, yeah. I'm not no longer looking at the screen. I'm actually having this tactile yeah, type yeah, of yeah. experience mm -hmm. with pen and paper. Yeah. And then when, the other thing I will do, oh, go ahead. Yeah. No, no, go oh. ahead. The, next, the other thing you would do. The other thing I will do is I will put it into some sort of like outline and then yes. when I'm speaking, yeah. I will just go off the outline and record what I said because uh -huh. I find that as I'm talking, if I record something, I'll think, it doesn't happen often, but everyone's yeah. all like, wow, that was really good. Good. I need yeah. to remember what I said and write it back down. Right. And right. So if I've recorded it, I can go through and find the the little pearl in all of the you know, yeah, yeah. mud. That's why and, I mentioned um, I mentioned the recording at the beginning when I was asking you about the writing process. All right. So so now we've got the book. It's coming along. It's, you know, fleshing out. How did you decide to publish it? What form? What route? of publishing that you did you decide I, I took the easy way and went uh, self-publishing on amazon uh -huh. and, and that way how was that was that a burden for you did it was it's, it the, the was the learning curve long it's not it, it took a while yeah um it's not 
perfectly intuitive, but uh-huh. it, it wasn't terrible either. Uh-huh. Um, it, and I'm trying to remember it, you know, cause I've got it written, right? Right. And, sure. and the Kindle version you put up there and they don't worry so much about what font and, and that kind of thing, because yeah. if you're using an e-reader, you get to say what font you want, what right, type of course, of course, and all that. For the book, it it had to have a certain type of font. It had to fit a certain way, and the, the cover image had to be a certain size, and and that sort of thing. And that took some work. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but, but were you were you happy with the result? As you know, very. After, oh, thank goodness! Yeah. Yes, oh, that's very yeah. good. Well, and and I, I got to show you the cover. Oh, I, I, that's where I want you, Phil. I was waiting okay. for the cover. All right, wait a minute to the to the you, to your right I, I, to your right. You okay, go, um, the audience, go. ladies and gentlemen, you can't see this, but I'm watching a young boy. I can see um, on the beach, and his arms are his short pants, t-shirt top, arms spread wide, looking at the water. And at the top, I see great things happen every day. There's a subtitle, Sending Joy with, Finding Joy with Family, Friends, and Banana Milkshakes. Um, and so this is the first, right? This is the first. This is, okay. yeah, this is the, the, the fun book. And, mm-hmm. and that is a picture my wife took of my son on vacation. Uh-huh. The youngest? And the youngest, yes. Uh-huh. And there he is with his arms outstretched. And we were... The three of us, the youngest son and my wife and I were taking a weekend in Indiana, the state uh-huh. next to us in Ohio. Next to Ohio. And, mm-hmm. and so we were sitting down having some coffee and I grabbed a napkin and I said, we need to figure out what the cover of this book is going to look ah, like. Okay. And, and so we started diagramming on the napkin. Yeah. And then my wife said, yeah, well, what about a picture? I was like, I know the picture I want. I want that one you took of Tom on vacation yeah, because nice. there he is just having such a wonderful day. Yeah. And so on the napkin, it's got this little stick figure of Tom looking at the yeah. ocean. Yeah. And from there it was make it fit in the right size. I got some software to do that mm-hmm. and um, line it up and, and it just yeah, worked yeah, out yeah. real well. So, so let's say that a lot of the things that you've been doing since um, the heart attack are almost have almost been presented or you have almost presented them to yourself as game like they're new they're yes. different yep. they're bringing your creativity here to say this and that and making it work you know so so it's interesting it's it's quite interesting things that probably you didn't even ever think about you know that that expression smelling the roses taking the time to smell the roses and now you're smelling all those roses you know interesting this is really really interesting um i'm looking here at um there there's um a question that i i often say and i often ask to the people who will come on the show if there's a person they would like to talk to um who dead or alive and what what they would ask and you wrote my great-grandfather on my maternal grandma's side he came from Switzerland and built a grocery store that he managed through the Great Depression, but then passed away in the 1940s. What I would ask is what drove you? And what do you think he would answer? That's a good question. Huh? Yeah, well. I, by the way, by the way, going back to what you said before, the, yeah. the whole idea of making it a game, yeah. that just really resonated with me because it, it is, it's fun and it's a game. So my great grandfather, you know, he leaves his homeland. Yeah. He, he and my great grandmother. Where? In, in Switzerland, where? Do you remember? I honestly do not know. Okay. 
I, I know when I was young, my grandmother went back there and met up with some of her relatives mm-hmm. on a vacation a couple, two or yeah. three times. But he he comes in and, and you know, how did he wind up in Northern Ohio? And, right. And yeah. how did he wind up deciding he was going to open question. a grocery store? Yeah. And, and he, he ran it through the Great Depression. And I remember my grandmother telling me, you know, he wouldn't turn people away. You yeah. just, you can pay me later. You can pay yeah, me later yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and keep track of it. And, and so he took care of people and, and it's just what makes you, what drive, what drives you to, to leave to Switzerland? That. I mean, it's not like you're leaving a really bad country when you're leaving no, Switzerland. No, not at all. Not at <laughs> it's all. It's a pretty good deal. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. And to come unknown and open a grocery store, which he then passed down to, two of his sons, my mm-hmm. great uncles. And uh, it was a family business and it was fun to go in there growing up. But, you know, I would just like to know, how'd you get it started? What, what, what made you say, you know what? Yeah. I'm tired of looking at these Alps. Yeah. Right. <laughs> or, you know, and, and it, I would like to know uh, what was his health like, you know, all through that. That's a big change. It's that's, always a big change changing your country. It is. And he did pass away young. Yeah. I want to say. Really? Well, I mean, yeah, his, because my grandmother was born in 1910 and he would have passed Uh away when she was in her early thirties. Oh, so, you know, right after the depression. Probably. He was probably somewhere in his late World War II. Yeah. 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 After World War II. He would have been somewhere in his late fifties when he passed Mm -hmm. away, probably. Um, Mm -hmm. And, Oh, no way. I could actually do the math. My mom said she was five when he passed away. So she didn't have much memory of her grandfather. Uh, so he obviously died. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and then, you know, so there, and I think it was a heart attack. It was something that took yeah. him quickly. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Um, now let's, let's say we're here today. Uh, Phil Barth is here. He, you know, has this book on the Cleveland, you know, the, the games and all of that. Nobody's going to read that, but he has this other stuff. Pretty interesting. Um, so, so you're going back and you're going to say something to Phil Barth when, before he got married and before he started having children, right before the wedding, right before the first child, what would you tell him today that would help him, you think, live a little better? I think I would tell him it's going to be all right. Don't, <laughs> yeah. uh, you, you, know, would you would lie. You would lie. Well, no, I mean, Phil, young Phil, a lot of the things you're going to worry about don't really matter. And, <laughs> and when we had, when we had our kids for a period of time, I was, you know, driven and, oh, you know, I, uh, and we were both working and, and not spending enough time with the kids. And the year 2000, our mm-hmm. company got bought out. What does and, that and mean? And basically the... What does that mean, uh, blood out? Uh, that means... So I worked for a, a company called Champion International. Yeah. And International Paper came in and said, we are buying Champion oh, okay. International so, to become so part of International out. Paper. Uh-huh. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. It was bought out. Yes. Mm-hmm. And... and so they sat down with us and, and in my case, they said, we don't have a job for you, oh. but we would like you to stay on through mm-hmm. the end of 
2001 mm-hmm. and just run the systems that 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 we're going to be moving over yeah and and basically you'll be around you'll have to work about two hours a day to do that Jeez. And, and and so i said okay and what happened from there was you know you you go from this 10 hours and I might have to work on Saturday to just need to be in the office for a few hours per Ooh. day. And Ooh. so what I, what I would do was I would tell my wife, well, I'm going to take the kids. I'll, I'll drop them off at preschool. And then once a week we would go to McDonald's and have breakfast just yeah. at the time there was two boys and yeah. the, the dad and the two boys would just go have breakfast. And, and somewhere in my brain, it clicked that, and this is the message I would have given me oh. way back when is like, yeah. you know, that's that's the, the good. Work is, the work is nice, but oh my God, you you can spend time with your kids and have breakfast yeah. at McDonald's and just do silly stuff and yeah. and and appreciate that and and savor that. Yeah. And and I did, and then yeah. I landed a job with International Paper, and the hours went mm-hmm. back up, and yeah. and and so I tend to forget about that. So I guess I would have to go back at multiple times in my life and smack myself upside <laughs> the head and say, "Don't forget, <laughs> there's the importance." is these kids and your wife. Yeah. But you know, we're human. We have to remember that. And, and we we are bound to make mistakes. If, if you can accept that, we will make mistakes. So get ready. You know, that's well, okay. That's yeah. sort of half of the battle, you know? Oh yeah. And, and I make such great mistakes that just make me laugh so hard. You know, <laughs> if you're able to laugh at yourself, yeah. then... When was the first time we could end with that? When was the first time that you realized you were able to laugh at yourself? Could you remember that? I I remember one. I'm sure I laughed at myself before because I've I've done so many things. But when our oldest son uh, would have been two years old. Yeah. And my wife was pregnant with our, our next son. And we had a gutter that filled yeah. up with water and, uh-huh. and, and it filled up over the winter. And so we knew, I knew I had to clean it out. Mm-hmm. And so the first warm day, and of course the water was still very cold. Yeah. The first warm day, she took our son Kenny out to play and I got a ladder and I went up to see what was going on with the gutter. And so I was checking the downspot and it seemed to be clear. So the downspot was right where it went into go was right over my head. Yeah. And I, Hold the down spot up to see what was going on. <laughs> That's and a dumb thing to mud, do. <laughs> mud and just freezing cold water, and it, it felt like three minutes. And and you know, and, and you're on a ladder, so you don't dare yeah. move because yeah, if you move, you're going to fall and break your yeah, neck. Of course, yeah. <laughs> and, and and my wife said she was trying not to laugh, and I. <laughs> I, I don't know that she was because she's normally successful at what she tries and she was kind of laughing and, and I had to laugh at myself. You know, it was stupid. I was having cold water run down my back, yeah. but it's like, who, who was to blame? Well, the idiot that pulled the, <laughs> the pulled gutter the- down and got yeah, the yeah. mud and yeah. water on his head. Yeah. So, and there was so much power in that and laughing at myself and, yes. and such a relief afterwards. Yeah, and, yeah. and, you know, that's, that's one of many times when I've given myself something to laugh at, but it, yeah. it just, 
if you can Phil, laugh at yourself, yeah, it lowers you the stress. Of course, of course. Well, Phil, I think that uh, the word stress is something that you can leave in the past in your vocabulary. I, I, I'm, I would safely say that now, but mm, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> but, but the kids have grown. <laughs> that's that's, that's true. true. So now we are waiting for a third book or, or the third book is out already. Yes, it is. No, we're it's it's, it's no, in the, the making. The it's in the making. Uh huh. And it's when do you project it to be out? Oh, that's a good question. I would really like to have it completed spring. Spring by March of twenty two. Yeah. March of spring twenty twenty two. Yes. Yeah. Okay, that's yeah, a good I like time. That. I, I approve. <laughs> All right. Excellent. Well, then you write to me when that finishes, when that comes yeah, out, I and, and will. we will uh, talk about it then. Oh, that <laughs> Thank you like so fun. much. Thank you so much for coming and taking the time to talk about um, the the Cleveland sports. Right? Is that? What... <laughs> that yes. Yes. But... <laughs> It's it's funny. I was on a podcast talking, <laughs> wanting to talk about great things, and the. <laughs> The other person, the interviewer, happened to be from Cleveland, Ohio, and a big (laughs) Cleveland sports fan. I'll bet you we spent three quarters of the time talking about (laughs) Cleveland sports. A one-off occasion. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Thanks so much, Phil, for coming on. We'll talk again soon. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) Bye-bye.